0: Innovation. We hear so much about it. What is innovation? Do you have the spirit for innovation? Do your team members have it? If you do not have it, can it be acquired? Our guest, George Horrigan of Fountainhead Consulting Group, is a noted innovation and business planning expert. And he believes he can transform your organization through innovative thinking. Turn every person in your organization into a fountain of innovation.
1: Welcome to the Business Developers Network, where today's leading business developers share and learn innovative business development concepts to generate greater value for their businesses. Hosted by Artie Ruderman, Principal of Innovative Growth Solutions. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. And now, please welcome your host of the Business Developers Network, Artie Ruderman.
0: Hello, and I am your host, Artie Ruderman. Of Innovative Growth Solutions, and welcome to the Business Developers Network. We have a very, very special show today because you will note that I mentioned the name of my company is Innovative Growth Solutions, and we hear the word innovation thrown about and bantered about so often. But what is innovation? And do you have the spirit of innovation? Do your team members have the spirit of innovation? And if not, is that something that could be acquired? Well, we have a very special guest. We have George Horrigan of the Fountain Fountainhead Consulting Group, and he is a noted innovation and business planning expert who, over the last 17 years, has shown over 1,200 companies how to use innovation to achieve the goals for their organization. So get ready to listen and learn how to innovate. George, can you give us a little... Intro for yourself, I think, you know, I'd like to do that, but I want to hear about the books that you have written and the, the speaking engagements have you met, because I want to qualify to our audience that you really are an expert on innovation.
2: Well, thank you very much, Artie. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I am an innovation expert, and what we do is we show people how to transform their organization through innovation. And there are three aspects to what we do. First is working with the organization itself and how to create an innovative environment, a culture of innovation, Uh, Secondly, training the employees in the company how to effectively innovate through our Innovation Academy. It's a two-day academy. We actually train employees how to effectively innovate, and we've done that with over 1,200 companies during the past 17 years. And thirdly, we we develop software to manage the entire innovation process, wall-to-wall, stem-to-stern.
0: George, I I appreciate that, but tell us about
2: you. Yeah, so... Uh, But myself, uh, I come at this area of innovation from four uh, uh, aspects, uh, four backgrounds. Uh, Number one, I've started nine companies in my life and applied innovation to each one of them. Uh, Number two, in Fountainhead Consulting Group, we've worked with over 1,200 companies uh, uh, implementing innovation during the past 17 years. Uh, Number three is i spent countless hours in reading and research of what it takes uh, to become an innovative company over the past uh, 20 plus years. And a number four is I'm an inventor. I have a number of inventions. Um, so I've learned a lot about invention, uh, innovation and inventions over the past number of years. I'm an author and professional speaker. Uh, my fourth book comes out uh, this year, uh, titled That's uh, uh, Work Less, Make More, and Have Fun in Your Business. And I regularly write and speak on innovation.
0: Well, Your humble host, myself, uh, I am a, a business development savant. I love it, I talk it, and I know when I meet another. And George and I met last week, and we just got right into the weeds about business development and innovation, and I said, I just had to have you on. So to start, let's talk about definitions, because you and I have a different take on the definition for business development. How do you define business development?
2: Business development is anything that's going to move your business forward to where you want it to go. Uh, It's not the narrow concept of somebody out just doing marketing. It's uh, uh, planting seeds. It's developing strategies. It's building bridges to people. It's the traditional marketing and sales. Um, Anything that's related to um, uh, moving your business forward Um, I consider part of a business develop.
0: And and that's why George and I hit it off right away. I, I define business development as any activity that generates value. And it could come from any discipline in a company. An IT director could introduce new software that makes the customer experience when they phone in go smoother and quicker, which creates customer satisfaction. Management can do mergers and acquisitions, which can dramatically grow the company's revenue. So we're on the same page. And what I like about that is the fact that each of those different disciplines, whether they be in the finance side, the marketing side, the management side, project side, engineering side, innovation could take place. Absolutely. So let's define innovation. How would you define innovation?
2: Innovation is a business strategy. It's not something that you just try. Well, we're going to try innovation this month, and if that doesn't work next month, we'll try something different. It's a complete uh, 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 um, a complete uh, embracing of a business strategy that says we're going to do things in a better way throughout our entire company.
0: Well, you and I, again, we had such a great conversation. I want to share as much of it as I can with, with our audience because when, when we talked about the division of responsibilities in companies and we talked about um, really the DNA of, of who leads a company. And we talked about those that have the marketing capability and those who have the management capability or the engineering capability. You and I had similar definitions. Uh, for instance, uh, I'll talk about a company that, grow, that has grown because a, an engineer developed a, a, a widget, if you will, that had a patent on it, it was needed, and it grew very quickly. From two people, five people, two million, ten million, fifty million, and then it it plateaued, and then that engineer found himself in it doing a doggy paddle simply because he wasn 't in his DNA after the original excitement to know how to market uh, so that 's different than someone who has the natural ability to be an entrepreneur, although uh, the engineer certainly was an entrepreneur in that example, but uh, really knowing how to develop business, and that's different than being a marketing and salesperson. What was your take on those two different, because it was slightly different than
2: mine. Yeah, what you don't want to be in the innovation space is a one-hit wonder. You've come up with one idea, and that's all you have, and and the key to that (coughs) is developing a culture, (coughs) excuse me, a culture of innovation in your company, so that the the, all the people in the company are thinking of ways of being innovative. So so let's really define innovation. Innovation is really doing things in a better way. When people think of innovation, they think of just new products and services, but there are actually nine different types of innovation. And what we do is we work with companies in developing all nine of those. And when a company has a innovation orientation, or we refer to it as an innovation culture, Um, you'll see opportunities for innovation everywhere.
0: Well, let's dive down a little bit. That's why our audience is listening. You're telling us something new that they want to learn. So if I'm an organization that has plateaued, innovation, you know, it has the connotation of just being metaphysical, you know, magic. It happens in the dream. It happens in the shower. And either you have it or you don't. And what is interesting is you can actually train Individuals to be innovative. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about those nine categories?
2: Yeah. Uh, So, let's uh, go through those and let's talk about how you actually start to become innovative. All right. Thank you. I'll walk you through that very, very uh, easily. Uh, So, nine different types of innovation. The one that most people think of are new products and services. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, Number two is cost reductions and and productivity gains. Number three is customer experience improvements. So, improving your customer's experience in dealing with you. Number four is employee engagement and satisfaction increases. Number five is supply chain and vendor interaction enhancements. Number six is market reorientation. So what the, the remaining four, I'm going to kind of give you an example. The first five people can, can grasp pretty quickly. So number f- uh, five is uh, and I'm sorry, uh, yeah, number five is uh, market reorientations. A good example I, that...
0: If I can, George, that would be number six. So, number six, I'm supply sorry. Supply chain yeah, logistics. Yeah, number six, I'm sorry. Okay. That's
2: all right. Um, uh, 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 Arm & Hammer baking soda is a really good example of a market reorientation. Uh, what Arm & Hammer has done is they've taken their product and now it's in toothpaste, laundry detergents, cleaning supplies, uh, dog and cat uh, supplies... Interesting, we're actually in conversations with uh, the uh, parent company of uh, Armour Hammer to become one of our clients. Um, uh, So that's number six is market reorientations. Okay, number seven is business organization restructurings. good example is Hewlett Packard Enterprises. Hewlett Packard split into two different companies, HP Inc. and HP Enterprises, with the effort of trying to become more innovative. Uh, Number eight is uh, uh, environmental impact advances. So uh, there's a a business that's in the process of becoming one of our clients. What they've developed is they're able to, in real time, monitor the smokestack emissions of a company. They've got equipment that sits on the top of a uh, smokestack, an industrial smokestack, and it monitors the emissions and then adjusts the equipment that's in the factory based upon the emissions. And then number nine is uh, societal enrichments. A good example is the state of Connecticut. What the state of Connecticut does in their prisons is they give dogs to their inmates, and the, dogs, uh, the inmates train those dogs, which help rehabilitate the uh, inmates. And then uh, returning service people um, are given those dogs uh, to deal with PTSD. So that's a societal enrichment. How can we do things better in society that improves um, life overall?
0: All right, so I'm listening, and I hear these nine categories, which thank you very much for for giving us an overall view. But those are areas that innovation could be applied to. So I'm looking for the secret sauce of innovation applied. So you mentioned products and services. So For instance, everyone talks about Uber being innovative because it it removed the formality of a taxi cab. Anybody could be a driver and you have an app. It's wonderful. I I get it. But what did the founder of Uber know or think or do that allowed him to see that?
2: One of the foundations that we use is to see every single problem that you incur – from the minute you get up in the morning to the minute you go to bed at night as an opportunity for innovation. Go ahead. And uh, just an example, I actually thought of the concept of Uber about three or four years before Uber started. I didn't have a chance to move forward with it. It will tell you the story of how it actually worked. Okay? I was on support um, uh, for my PC with a person in uh, the Philippines. And I was on the phone for about three, four hours. They were troubleshooting this and troubleshooting that. So... Uh, I shared with him that I'm an innovation expert. And he said, well, tell me more about this. And give gave him a little bit more background. And I said, well, we'll let's actually do an example. I said, uh, and I was talking about problem, viewing every problem that you have that you incur as an opportunity for innovation. And he was telling me about the hassle of getting from his home to the, the um, uh, business location that day. And I said, well, what if you had an app on your phone that showed your picture and the picture of the cab driver. And through GPS, you guys were able to synchronize. You'd actually see what that cab looked like and the cab driver looked like. They'd see what your picture is, and you'd be able to sync up hailing a cab. That was about two years before Uber actually started. Um, And that's how it works. So let's drill in this a little bit more. Um, Innovation really distills down to two things, having an entrepreneurial mindset and an innovation skill set. Now, the reason why an entrepreneurial mindset is so key is uh, when an employee, a typical employee, runs into a problem, they think obstacle, whereas when an, an entrepreneur runs into a problem, they think opportunity. It's a completely different mindset, and that mindset says, problem, how can I solve that problem? Here's an opportunity. So once you have an entrepreneurial mindset, you see opportunities for innovation everywhere, and that's the first key in a company is you have to get the people in the company thinking entrepreneurially Um, secondly while they're thinking entrepreneurially just thinking uh, in that way doesn't create innovations you have to give them a skill set and we actually train employees uh, with an innovation skill set we developed a number of tools that break down into ideation tools coming up with ideas development tools take ideas to workable prototypes and then commercialization tools
0: we're going to drill down on those because I think they're very germane to our conversation. I'm um, I, I, Again, going back to our conversation earlier in the week, we, we run so parallel to each other because within companies, I definitely see two DNAs, two personalities, and there is that structured engineering side that this is the way it's done, this is the way it, it will be, and when they meet a problem, they just try to work themselves out of it by applying what has been and how does it work? Whereas you say the entrepreneurial mind will look for a different approach to it, right? As you describe, they correct. see opportunity. Uh, I went to a, a very interesting uh, matter of fact. I think that's where we met, George, at uh, a presentation for Transit
2: X. That is correct.
0: Now we talk about uh, you know innovation and concept. Uh, here in Atlanta, we have limited north-south routes for traffic, so getting to an airport can take you an hour, hour and a half with traffic. The idea of building more lanes can happen. The, the idea of building trains, it can't physically happen, or it should say it would be very costly and the infrastructure would be very demanding. This company came up with floating pods, which very inexpensive and very, um, very little uh, infrastructure necessary. So the idea that you can just board this floating pod that runs along the highway, to me, uh, really represents innovation on the product and service side, which was your number one area. It also met with the cost area because the cost to achieve this was much less expensive than trains or new highways. It was an improvement. Um, It doesn't meet the employee side that I, I can fit into, certainly the supply chain and logistics side. So um, drill down a little bit, if you will, about companies that you have helped or personalities that you have helped so the audience could see how the connection really works.
2: Yeah, so let me just give you a few, share a few examples of companies we've worked with and innovations they've come up with, okay? Um, uh, let, let's do a uh, new, new business. Uh, so one of our clients was a marketing company, was and is a marketing company, traditional marketing company, and they developed a uh, mapping of how companies put their story together for uh, their market pitches. So it's a completely different product. Um, Another client, um, uh, they uh, were a um, a physician recruitment company, okay, and uh, they also provided other services to the physician industry. Um, uh, This is a market reorientation uh, um, innovation what they did is they basically became Web MD for the physician industry. Uh, they became a marketplace, a clearinghouse for all information related to how you properly manage a uh, physician office.
0: Well, that sounds like innovation. Was that before or after you're
2: meeting them? That was after from working with us hmm okay, from working with us, they uh, moved in that direction. all right, so uh, th-
0: the the process and and the tool set for that that's what i'm interested in if you take somebody who can't dance how do you give them rhythm yeah so
2: everybody is innovative if you look at a a a, a one-year-old or two-year-old they are creative okay so you see a one or two-year-old and they'll take a a piece of wood they'll bang it against the wall they'll slam it on the floor they'll stick it in an outlet they'll taste it they'll throw it across the room they're it experimenting with the physical properties of that piece of wood. Every single one of us was born creative. And what happens is we're creative, um, playing in sandboxes, playing with toys, drawing pictures, up to about age five. And when we get into school, unfortunately our current school system has a tendency to squash innovation. We become very, very uniform. And what we do is we work with people to rediscover that creativity. And how you rediscover it, there's a number of tools that we use okay, that are practical tools, not pie-in-the-sky tools, but practical tools. One of them is what we were just chatting about. View every single problem from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to the bed. Anything that didn't go 100% smoothly is an opportunity for innovation. And you start thinking, well, how could this work? How could I come up with a solution for this? And you do that all day long. We call we use this term called embedded innovation. So, uh, some companies, you know, there's there's no innovation that takes place whatsoever. Other companies say an approach is, is we're going to set aside an hour a week just to sit there and think of ideas. And that that's good, but our approach is much more um, integrated. It's called embedded innovation, and. Throughout your entire day, whether it's work, whether it's personal, whether it's your family, anything that didn't go 100% smoothly, you say, how could I improve that? What is it? What is a solution to that? And once you start getting comfortable with that, you'll start seeing opportunities for innovation everywhere. Number two is once you start developing that skill set, that trait, you'll start just saying, well, I wonder if. And not related to a problem that you're having, you're sitting at a traffic light, i just tell you, for instance, one that just happened recently, okay? I'm driving in, in Atlanta, <clears throat> and manhole covers. You hit a manhole cover, and bam! You know, it drops down about three, four inches, and your whole car gets jolted, and you just get all shaken up there. And I said, well, how could you eliminate the drop of manhole covers? So I just kind of played with it. And I came up with an innovation uh, that I'm going to be approaching um, the companies that manufacture manholes um, of how to eliminate those bumps, uh, those dips. Um, So so that's how, how you actually go about it is you change the way you view life and you rediscover that creativity that you had as a child. Now, that's not a simplistic way, but if you're an engineer and you're working on um, an air conditioning system uh, for a business um, and you've run into this problem with, you know, a certain volume of flow um, in the pipes, well, how could I do this differently? You know, if I, I changed the structure of the pipe, I made it a round pipe versus a square pipe, or if I coated the inside of the um uh, 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 piping with uh, certain uh, chemicals that would increase airflow—you um, just play with that.
0: Well, that's that's all interesting. I have I have to, I have so many things I was jotting down that I want to share with you as you were talking. You know, number one, back in the day, the expression "necessity is the mother of invention." Which is a little bit about what you're talking about. All of a sudden you're you're presented with an issue or a problem and you think outside the box, which is another dated expression for for innovation. Uh, And it's funny you mentioned the manhole in particular. I was approached by a company that uh, a big issue right now is the theft of manhole uh, covers because of their value of steel. They're being robbed. New Orleans is—hundreds of them are disappearing.
2: Interesting. Yeah,
0: right. So a company that has— Who would have thought? (laughs) I'll connect you with them. One company has a lock that you can put on the manhole cover so they can't be stolen. Um, It just goes to show you, right? Um, But when you were talking about, you know, who has innovation and, and how you get them to Uh, Unleash this uh, reimagination, another term, buzzword being thrown about. I'm thinking back when I was five or six in first grade, and I was first at my easel with a can, little cans, little milk, little pint milk cartons with paint mixed into them. And I went to that board, and I expected to just become a masterpiece. And what happened is I knocked over the easel, and all the paint was on the floor. It looked like a mess. And George, for the rest of my life, I never attempted to paint, or if I did, I said, I just don't have what it takes. I can't do it. Little did I know that Pollock was going to develop ab- abstractism, and I could have been ahead of the curve of looking at that mess on the floor. But that's, that is key to the individuals that you're working with. They're pre-programmed by their prior experiences as to what they could be successful at and what they're not. So talk about if I'm on the right track.
2: Artie, you are right on the right track. So let me, yeah, l- please. Let me share two things later to do what you shared. It is absolutely fundamental <clears throat> in an organization. We we're chatting about culture. You have to create an innovative culture. Innovation only works from the top down. It does not work from the bottom up. So every so often we get called into companies where the business owner, leader, executive says, fix my people. My employees are not innovative. Make them innovative doesn't work that way okay unless the leadership management is willing to embrace innovation it will not work number one number two is a key thing is you have to create a safe environment everybody is watching when a company starts an innovation effort an innovation initiative everybody's looking and if uh, Artie comes up with this idea okay and the idea fails okay and Artie gets castigated gets maligned, gets uh, demoted, gets fired. Everybody has watched that. And they're saying, I'm not going there. I'm not going to venture out on on the end of the board, okay? I'm just going to stay right where I'm at. So you absolutely, absolutely have to create that safe environment. And um, uh, um, uh, a number of leaders have been expert at that. Steve Jobs was fantastic at that, of creating that safe environment at Apple. And that's why Apple was so uh, innovative. Number three is we are chatting about entrepreneurship, and what is the difference between an employee when they run into a problem versus an entrepreneur? When an employee runs into a problem, they think obstacle, whereas when an entrepreneur runs into a problem, they think obst- uh, uh, opportunity. And the difference is when an employee runs into a problem, they just get frustrated, stymied, um, just, say, oh, well, I'll just work around this. It's just something that I just have to put up with. And that's the difference. When you think of it uh, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you say, how can I solve this problem? Okay? What can I do differently? You're not um, uh, stuck in the current situ- situation um, of just having to deal with this. What is a good, viable solution or multiple solutions to this problem of the manhole covers?
0: There you go. Uh, we have about five minutes remaining, and I want to make sure that we touch base on um, – what you want to get across, I really appreciate having you on as a, as a guest and I respect what you bring to the table and it's it 's such um, i think a germane topic because we we all talk about innovation, and my company even has it in its name and, and yet you know who has that dna and and if they don 't they don 't think it we 're talking about it 's a, a personality and we 're talking about it 's top down driven by management um, so what else could you add, uh, George? And and do, by all means, please you know, give a little plug for your company because uh, I really appreciate you coming here. I know you've authored several books, and I also know that you have a process that you could go through and talk about as well.
2: Yeah. Um, so uh, innovation is like good government. Everybody wants good government, but how do you actually do it? It's a lot harder to do than just to, to speak out. And there's a number of moving parts to innovation. Innovation is incredibly complex. From an overall concept, it's very, very simple. It's creativity applied to a business setting or an organizational setting. But when you actually get to the details, there's a number of moving parts, a number of components. And um, we attack this from basically three directions, um, three aspects. Number one is our fast-track innovation program which has 10 components of how you create an innovative culture. Uh, Number two is we have our Innovation Academy. It's a two-day academy where we actually train employees how to effectively innovate. Um, and we work with specific companies. We have innovation academies we we'll do for a company where we're just training their employees. We also have public innovation academies where we'll have 50 people attending and three f- people from company A, two from company B, four from company C, two from company D, etc., etc. And it's a two-day academy where the first day we're training them how to think like an entrepreneur. What does it mean to think like an entrepreneur? Uh, And the second day is we train them on our innovation tool set. So as I was sharing before, innovation really distills down to an entrepreneurial mindset and an innovation skill set. If you have those two things, you see the world differently. And number two is you've got the tools, development tools, innovation development tools, innovation uh, uh, ideation tools, development tools, commercialization tools. You will see opportunities for innovation and be able to innovate uh, everywhere. And then number three is we developed software to manage the entire innovation process. So one of the concepts we have is called 360-degree innovation. We show companies how to solicit innovations from your customers, your employees, your supply chain, and the public. Customers, employees, supply chain, and the public. And one of our software products solicits innovations from your customers and the public. That's... Products called Bright Idea Lab. And then a second product is called iLab. It lists innovations from your employees, your supply chain, and your sales channel. And what they do is they route the ideas to the correct person in your company that can act on them. So our software basically functions as Match.com for anybody with an idea and organizations looking for ideas. And that's so key because... If you've come up with a, uh, uh, an idea and it's not your company, all right, so already, let's say you've got a great uh, idea for a soft drink, <clears throat> excuse me, and you pick up the phone and you call Coca Cola, you're not gonna get a hold of the correct person at Coca Cola, okay? Uh, and sooner or later, you're just gonna give up, okay? But Coca Cola knows they need great new innovative ideas. What our software does, it connects you with the correct person in Coca Cola based upon the details in your idea and the details that that person in Coca-Cola is looking for ideas. Um, and the same thing with our... That, that's the public-facing product. With our company-specific product, iLab, it does the same thing, but getting an, an idea... From somebody in engineering okay that has this great idea that's really a marketing idea it routes it to the correct person in marketing that's looking for that type of idea so
0: i and the audience can fully understand what you have done is created a company as an omnibudsman if you will or a mediator between large companies or or just any company really and um, being seen as a as a conduit—that's a better expression, perhaps. So, if I have a great idea, you're right. I can't call up UPS and say, "Hey, guys, I have a great marketing idea for you or or operational idea for you." But you've partnered with these companies, so why why are they listening to Fountainhead? Yeah. Or I'm sorry, the the name of that company. I'm I miss.
2: Yeah, so these are software products that mm-hmm. we develop, okay? So these are our software products that we develop, okay, and uh, we're in the process of taking them to the world. Um, and uh, that uh, falls in the category of innovation pipeline management. That's what we do is we manage the flow of ideas, soliciting ideas from people either inside of the company or outside the company, <clears throat> and then routing those ideas to the correct person in the company that is interested in that type of idea and then can take action on that. And our software then keeps the person receiving that idea in touch with the person sending that idea so they can track what's happening with my idea, where is it at, what additional information do you need, et cetera, et cetera. So
0: I, I can see uh, that the um, sole uh, proprietor, well, it doesn't have to be anybody could invent an idea or reimagine something. They reach out to your organization and the marketplace companies tap into your organization, or do you reach out on behalf of them to those organizations because you have the appropriate personnel file?
2: So so let's just use you, Artie, as an example. Okay. Um, Artie would go out, and you'd build a profile on our software, okay? So websites, cloud-based, okay, Bright Idea Lab. This is the public-facing product. So the industry... Specific product works basically the same, but we'll talk about yourself there, okay? So you build a profile, and you start submitting ideas. You've got a great idea for a new microphone, okay? A great idea for a new banner, a great idea for new uh, electric lights. Uh, so let's use electric lights. You want to get connected with Philips, okay, Philips Lighting. You pick up the phone, and you call Philips, okay? You'll never get through to the correct person. What our software does is, based upon the idea details that you have, it routes that idea automatically to the person in Phillips that's looking for that type of lighting idea.
0: So your company has the, the profile and has the connections? Correct. That's huge.
2: Exactly. That's great. So it's basically match.com, okay, where people <laughs> are connecting, okay, for anybody with an idea, already with ideas, and you can submit hundreds, thousands of ideas, okay? And I use the term idea it's not just a pure idea. It could be uh, just a, just an idea. It could be something that you've got patented. It could be uh, you, you don't have a patent. It's, you've got a prototype. It could be a startup business. It could be an existing business. Some way, shape, or form, you've got something that you want to get connected with a business that's interested in that idea. That's what our software does. Well,
0: well George, just like our previous conversation, we could continue, but our airtime is just about to run out. So... How does the audience get in contact with you and or your companies? Yep.
2: So the name of the firm is Fountainhead Consulting Group. Um, and my email address is george.horrigan, and that's H-O-R-R-I-G-A-N, at Fountainhead Consulting Group. So it's all spelled out. So there's two Gs next to each other, dot .com. So george.horrigan.com at FountainheadConsultingGroup.com. And obviously our website is FountainheadConsultingGroup.com. And phone number is 770 642
0: George, mm-hmm. thank you very much. It was very enlightening. I know our audience enjoyed it. So signing off, this is Artie Ruderman of Innovative Growth Solutions. For the Business Developers Network and Pro Business Channel, signing off. And remember to keep growing and developing your business.
1: On behalf of the Pro Business Channel Networks, we want to thank our guests, sponsors, and you, the audience, for joining us on the Business Developers Network. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. Today's broadcast can be heard on demand on your favorite Internet channels, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and across the PBC syndicated networks. We invite you to share the show using the posted social media links and join Artie Ruderman and his guests on the next episode of the Business Developers Network.